0: Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR Radio, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. We have a very special show planned this morning, and I I hope you're tuning in. We are live, so if you have something you'd like to call in with, you can call the station at area code 530-605. 4567. You can also get on the chat on the KCNR1460.com slash live chat. Okay, uh, I've got a special guest in the studio today, and I'm just really happy that she's here with me because we're going to talk about something that has been a force in her life. <laughs> we're going to talk about the car fire here in Redding, California, and Julie Kaplan is here to speak with me about it, and I'm going to introduce her more in a little bit. First, I want to tell you about the car Fire. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, that are from out of the area, the car Fire was one of the largest fires in California, and it began on July 23rd last year in 2018, and it burned all the way until August 30th. That is over a month of burning in 2018. It did $1.7 billion in damage it burned 229,651 acres. It destroyed 1,604 buildings. Eight people died in this fire. Three were firefighters, five were civilians. And there were 11 non-fatal injuries as well. One of the things that the Carr Fire is famous for is it's one of the first times anyone had ever seen what they called a, a fire nato. It was a tornado made up of fire. It was moving, I think it was about 140 miles per hour. It absolutely took a, a path of de- destruction in its wake and in it, in front of it. It was just incredibly huge. It was an inferno. It burned at an incredible speed and intensity and just destroyed everything in its path. Uh, my we were evacuated from my house um, on July 27th last year, and we watched that fire tornado coming toward us from across the hill, and it was frightening. And at that point, when I saw the fire tornado coming toward my house, it had already been through where the Kaplan's live, where Julie's here, and destroyed their house. So the car fire was huge. It was beyond devastation. It was a force of nature and a force of destruction and tragedy in our community in Redding, California. So we're celebrating the survival and honoring the memories of those that were lost and people and precious things last year. um, They did a wonderful tribute to Jeremy Stokes, uh, who's a Redding firefighter who lost his life in the car fire last year. So yesterday, all the sirens all around Shasta County, from every police station, every firefighting station, uh, had their trucks out with their lights on and their sirens going. It was just beautiful. And they did a tribute to Jeremy. So we thank him for his service and his ultimate sacrifice. So I'd like to introduce you to Julie Kaplan. I've known Julie for many years, and she is an amazing woman. She has a smile that would light up the room, and she has the sweetest heart and the kindest spirit. And... The the Kaplan family is just wonderful. Julie is a force of nature in and of herself. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> she uh, she has been a nurse. She was an op, a surgical nurse and then she ran her husband Joy Kaplan's uh, medical practice. He's a Um, ear nose and throat doctor here in town but while all of this was going on Julie was working on her second master's degree she has a master's in nursing she was working on her master's degree as a nurse practitioner so in the midst of the car fire and her house burning down and uh, son leaving for college and I, a foreign exchange student at home and another son, and a, a daughter who's an adult daughter. She was getting straight A's, count them, straight <laughs> A's, summa cum laude, in her nurse practitioner's license. So she's brilliant and beautiful inside oh. and out. So there no, she's sitting over here blushing. So Julie is here to share with you what she learned about. Having your house burned down, but there's so much more to it than just losing your house. So she's going to teach us a bunch of things. She's going to. She's a very open and vulnerable person, and she's going to share her heart with us today. And I knew she would. So welcome, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us what happened to your house. What I mean, give us your story a little bit of what you went through with the car fire.
1: Okay. Well, in a nutshell, I um. I was working as a nurse volunteering at my little boy's camp. They're not really little boys anymore. High school students. (laughs) Yeah. They're my teenager's camp. And and we were all there together, the two boys and me at camp. And then um, I woke up that morning and I had a message from a friend who said, are you okay? And I, I wrote back, of course I'm okay. What's going on? And she said, the fire is heading straight to your house. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at camp thinking, uh-oh, Jory is home alone and with the pets. So I called him right away, and he said, well, nobody's evacuating, and nobody called. So I said, well, I think you should... Maybe start putting stuff in the car, and he said, "Okay." And and then um, I that afternoon I was supposed to teach um, injectables in Portland, so I said, "Should I get on that plane and, and still teach tonight?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah, I think everything's fine. I don't see any, you know, any panic or or anything going on." So anyway, he. He went ahead and dawdled all day and put stuff in and, and then by the afternoon it looked more dire. So I put a Facebook post out and said, you know, if anybody's out there, if anybody could help Jory move some stuff and get the cars out and, and all of that, um, that'd be great. And so about six people, including fit friends and family members came out and helped him and they got a lot out, um, and then by by the time I was done teaching that evening, I called and he said, "Honey, uh, uh, hell has unleashed on Redding, California." And and he told me the story of panic and cars and and on the you know jammed up on Placer and and he told me you know he had to evacuate four times. Um, he would put all the stuff in the office, and, including the fat cat who <laughs> <laughs> who's hard to put in a box. <laughs> and two big old rhodesian ridgebacks the poor guy uh and he organized you know all of our classic cars and everything out and he did all this work in his 115 degree i mean yeah 115 yeah Yeah, and he said that um, air quality he could barely breathe and i'm thinking i don't want him getting hurt so Mm -hmm. he goes i I can go back and get more though and and i said honey Let's just, let's just say that what you got is enough and let's be happy with what you got, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll never forget the, the friends that just went to our house and just tried to help my hubby. Um, but anyway, it, after four evacuations that day, The next morning... And what
0: you mean by that is you left the house, put it at the office. Yeah. Had to evacuate the office. Put it at my
1: brother's house. Uh And poor Ray, you know, he's taken up all all of her crud at at his house. And then uh, then next thing you know, Ray's house is uh, evacuated. And, Mm -hmm. okay, let's move it to Mom and Dad's in Happy Valley. Oh, now Happy Valley's evacuating. So that poor fat cat... (laughs) My poor husband. (laughs) But uh, so finally, um, by the time I got home, my my wonderful sister lives in Corning. She took the entire Bass family and Kaplan family in, and we were like a caravan. You know, my sister, Chris, she had like all of all these RVs and
0: bunch of gypsies.
1: Oh, yeah. But you know what? We just we were together and Mm -hmm. we we just really, really cleaved to each other and And uh, she had, luckily, she had a a little fifth wheel. She's wildly allergic to dogs, but she let our dogs go in the fifth wheel with Mm -hmm. us. So generous. I just love her so much. Uh, But then, um, yeah, that's basically our story in a nutshell.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even, I didn't know you'd evacuated four times. That's (laughs) that's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, Julie and I have some really important things planned in this show. She wants to be able to help you understand what you should do for an evacuation plan if something were to happen to you and some things that she wished she had known before her house burned down and then she's going to share in the last part of the show so don't miss this she's going to share exactly some of the emotional things that she learned and how it really touched her heart and what she's gotten out of this as a person so we're going to go to break and we'll be back in a minute Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, Dr. Patricia Bay, and we are talking about the car fire that happened here in Reading a year ago. Now, I just that was this week when it started. And my special guest, Julie Kaplan, is here, who lost her home in the fire, and she's here not just to to talk about her home being gone, but all the things that she learned. And she's going to give us some really good advice on what we should do if we're ever displaced. And just some key pearls of wisdom that she's gotten out of all this. So, Julie, you were telling us about how your house burned down and that you guys had to evacuate four times. You left your house. You moved everything to your brothers and had to leave there, moved it to the office, had to evacuate the office, went to your um, sisters in Happy Valley. And then you, had to, you left and went down to Corning to your other family member. So you were gone. We did the same thing. We spent... Um, we had about four hours to evacuate, and we got a lot of the musical instruments. Had to leave the grand piano and the classical harp. Um, got about 100 flutes and didgeridoos and drums out of there. Uh, but we we packed up our RV and cut out, and then we were displaced for about a week. Now, you, were, you didn't even get to find out that your home burned down for how long?
1: Well, it was about a day, I think, because uh, I was flying home. Well, the next day, because I was flying home from my, um, Portland, teaching in Portland, and, uh, as the plane was landing, uh, I turned off the airplane mode and I saw a photo of, of the ashes and my brick, you know, to my entryway of my home. Mm-hmm. So, um.
0: How did you feel when you saw that? Well,
1: <laughs> that was the first time I cried. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was looking at the flight attendant. She was buckled in because we were landing and she was looking toward me and, and the the guy next to me um uh just sort of didn't look at me but i looked down at my phone and just started bawling just mm-hmm. gut-wrenching sobs mm-hmm. and and everybody was just quiet and i felt so alone at that moment like i like i was nobody was there to help me and it was just a horrible feeling but i just cried 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 then i just ran off the plane and sat down and cried some more it was mm-hmm. awful yeah
0: so the but that was the next the day. magnitude of it hit you yeah. at that point. Yeah. And
1: then, you know, I let I let my kids know, I let my um I called my husband and then I immediately put it on Facebook just to let everybody know. Mm-hmm. And because I knew the first thing we'd have to do is find a home and I'm so glad I did that because a friend of mine, Celestine, knew that there was a rental right down the street from her and she immediately picked up the phone and called the rental, um, property manager people and said, please hold this for the Kaplan family. And if I hadn't posted it that quickly, I think somebody would have rented it. We wouldn't have oh, yeah. been able to have There were
0: home. so many people looking mm-hmm. for places to live in, yeah. uh, instantly yeah. and there weren't enough rentals to accommodate everybody.
1: Yeah. And I, I felt so blessed for, for what Celestine did for me, but I also felt blessed that, um, a lady that I didn't know very well got on a fire truck because she had a family member that was a fireman, and she they drove by to take a, that picture for me. Oh. And because she did that, I was able to get a, a real jump on, on, on getting a home.
0: Yeah, many people did not yeah. know whether they had a home or not for almost a week, sometimes right. more.
1: So thank you, Cindy, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you told me a story about somebody who had lost their home in the Tubbs fire down in the Santa Rosa area. Yeah text or Facebook to you. Yeah. I am and said, know these things. Yeah. And what were some of the things that she told you that gave you a heads
1: up? She gave us so much advice. One was insurance company. She said, call them now, get them on, on the books now. Cause you won't get a check until they visit your property and get going. But, but you need to know what you're insured for now. And, um, and, and just assign a, a family member to, to be the insurance person and and she said and get your house and be sure you lock it down and put a deposit because she said everybody's going to have trouble finding housing so i'm so grateful she and and she told me she kind of warned me about emotions how i'm going to feel and i never even met her and she was so kind to to just we had a mutual friend so she just
0: reached out it
1: was it was beautiful
0: Really yeah, did. and that helped you so much just to know some of those little things to do or not do. Right. And so Jory became the insurance guy and I became the housing guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We were a team. That's great. Well, and that's what makes the world go around sometimes when you've yeah. got some team members in your family. Yeah. Okay, so getting housing right away was really helpful to you. Now, how did, I know that your oldest son was getting ready to leave for college in a couple of weeks. Right. And so, he must have lost everything he'd been putting together to go to college. Yeah. Uh, besides just losing necessities, you know, you had a suitcase where you'd been off teaching, and the boys had camp clothes. You had camp clothes. I had camp clothes, too. Right? Camp clothes too. Okay. Yeah. So, Still have them. <laughs> <laughs> I would keep those probably forever. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, but you you lost so many practical things. Right. So you got to get into the rental fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and then – and it was a furnished rental, too, yes, everything, which is amazing silverware. yeah, to think oh, yeah. About it. it was such a blessing,
1: and they accepted dogs so and and a fat cat, <laughs> a fat cat. <laughs> yeah it it was just the best blessing we could have ever
0: hoped for yeah. it, it was a huge miracle, yeah, yeah, so getting settled, um how did you deal with the logistics of? Your house is gone. You're trying to get settled. You've got a foreign exchange student who is not quite there yet. Right. He He was was on his his way. He was on his way. Yeah. 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 So there was
1: this intense pressure to get uh, the house ready before the boys went to school, before they came back from camp, because they were Mm -hmm. still at camp, Mm -hmm. and before Fatty became uh, our son from Israel. Mm -hmm. And so there was this pressure to get it all done within a few weeks, and, you know, the insurance when he doesn't come in for a while a few weeks
0: tell people how that works so they're prepared if there's a disaster
1: yeah and it largely it depends on your policy but our policy the the adjuster had to come and actually put his feet on the property to confirm the loss mm-hmm. and because they didn't let anybody through for for weeks uh it took it took weeks and then and then they did um our insurance did pay right away they just cut us a check for what we were insured for for contents and and then um, for for the rental. But a, a couple of months went by really before we were square with, with all the finances.
0: Yeah, you said that they cut you a check for 75% of your content. Right. And then you had to keep receipts and prove the last 25%. Correct. So yeah. one piece of advice that would really help people is go to the office supply store, buy some big manila envelopes, every single thing you have to purchase from the time you're displaced out of your home. Keep every single receipt, right? And put them in a safe place. You don't want them in the back seat of your car. You want them to go in the Manila <laughs> yeah. envelope that you can then copy later and give to the insurance.
1: And the other thing I learned from the insurance uh, adjuster that was really huge is that you know receipts don't last very long, and especially in the heat. Like mm-hmm. if you, so, he he showed me an app called Genius Scan, and he said just use this app and take a picture, and it scans it and saves it for you. Then you can toss it, and right. and that way all of our receipts are there.
0: So, if you know, one of the things that happens when there's a disaster is people start saying, what can I do to help? (laughs) And you never know what to tell them, for starters, and then you also don't want to be a burden. It's the same thing when you're a caregiver. You just don't know what to say when someone needs help. So there's an idea. If you know that someone has lost their home, go to the office supply store, buy some manila envelopes, buy pens, buy some pads of paper, sticky notes. um, Give them the link for downloading the app. And say the name of the app again. We use Genius Scan. Genius Scan for your receipts. And set that family up to keep all their receipts. Because how hard would it have been to get in the car and go to the office supply store when you're in this state of chaos and devastation? Yeah, yeah. But having a care package like that delivered to you? That would have been cool. That would have, <laughs> That would have helped a lot. Okay, so anybody listening, you know somebody needs that, and yeah. that's a really good thing to do for them. Okay, yeah. so... Then you're just trying to get settled, trying to get some organization going, and how are you managing your emotions when you're trying to do all that, that well, practical stuff?
1: I went straight, after that good cry on the plane, I went straight into work mode, Uh and so did Jory. So we were just both, um, had our tasks, and we were just working, working, working. Just, you know, I, I think I did 10 or 20 trips to Costco and Target, and and just I had a list of things I was doing, so emotionally i didn't really stop and and let anything happen i just kept working mm-hmm. uh, so i i think it just hit it just hits you later in little bursts you know but um there's just your mind is just cluttered with all this stuff and in the meantime it, it, you know i love this but i was getting lots of messages on lots of different you know emails and you know text messages and calls and um Instagram and Facebook messages uh, and and I felt like I felt guilty because I I wasn't responding to all of them Mm -hmm. and I felt that that immense love and joy that people were calling but I felt that guilt that I wasn't paying attention to them and and getting back to them because you have so much to do and meanwhile the world keeps turning you still have patients to see you still have you know kids to to take care of and and all the other stuff so it just felt like an incredible um, boulder of of crushing me of, of all these things I had to do.
0: So that's another way that you could help somebody. You could say, if, if you will let me, let me take your phone and put an away message on your email and your text that says, thank you so much for your thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. We will get back to you when we can. Right now, we are in a state of chaos, and it's hard for us to return any messages.
1: Yeah, that would have been great, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So we're thinking of some practical things that you could actually do, like even just opening up your phone and being able to sit down and type that. It's yeah, overwhelming. I never did it. Yeah, I never did it. But um, but that's something you could think of for a loved one who's displaced. Yeah. Let me help you flag your social media
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, yeah. you know, give me your password. I'll do it for you or whatever is safe.
1: Yeah. So what yeah. I did is at, at that point of my healing, I, I just sat down with my um, keyboard and typed up you know, things that, that I thought could help other people mm-hmm. and, and my friends because they, they didn't really kind of understand maybe what we were going through. I
0: You said something to me that I think was really profound. You cannot fully understand what's going on with something like this until you actually go through it. Right. And I think that's true of any kind of huge event, whether it's uh, devastation of a fire or a flood or a terminal illness or somebody dies, it's, it's hard to know exactly what those emotions feel like. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, Julie's going to keep giving us more of her wisdom on some things to do, like things you wish you had done differently with an evacuation plan, um, some things that she learned about. Uh, some good things to do so we want to share more of that information again we are live if you want to call in area code 530-605-4567 we'll be back welcome back to therapy in a nutshell this is dr patty dr patricia bay and my special guest julie kaplan who lost her home in the car fire last year So you're also listening to the beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. That was Will Clippman doing some drumming, coming in. So, Julie, you are teaching us so much about what you've been through and giving people some good advice and sharing your heart. I would really love for you to share with us the emotional journey you've been on with losing your home and some of the things you've learned from it. You... You have this incredibly indelible and beautiful spirit about you. I've always known that oh, about you. Thank you. And it's something that I love about you. And in true Julie form, you are bringing that to this disaster and rising from the ashes, quite literally. Yeah. So share with us what you've been through emotionally. Take us on that journey.
1: Well, at first, um, I was slammed with. Uh, a soul lesson and and I'd worked with you we've been friends for so long and and our families always learned so much from you over the years but thank you but one thing that i I really right from the beginning I was slammed with is that how comfortable i've been my entire adult life with giving giving is makes you feel good giving um Whether it's, you know, volunteering for the Cancer League or Rotary or anything, it doesn't matter. Just when people give, they feel so good. It's like a And that is
0: so like you. Like I remember when Rich was very, very ill and you came over to my house and you brought something. I don't remember what it was, but you had on this beautiful dress. And I remember (laughs) saying, I love that dress. That is so cool. And the next day you came to my house with a dress, same dress in that size
1: oh i remember and i love it when you wear it too i know i love it too i still love that dress
0: but you said now we can be same same we have the same dress and it just touched my heart so much and that is the type of person you are you're right you're a very giving generous kind loving person
1: but that's where i'm comfortable that's my zone you know i i love to giving feels good Mm -hmm. and um all of a sudden I. I just didn't have anything to give, and I all of a sudden, people wanted to give to me, and people wanted to give to my family, my boys, my husband, and it felt weird, and I was not comfortable with it. I didn't know what to say. They would say, how can we help? How can we help? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I'm okay. I'm fine, you know, and then I thought, wait a minute, Dr. Patty would say... Julie you have to receive too you have to learn to receive and uh that was really really tough that was tough it was very uncomfortable um so finally i i said okay patty would say just write it out what do you need so i went to my keyboard and i i made a list of what we're all feeling what we all need and what we're all not going to ask for so um, I just kind of made an open letter to all of our friends that didn 't lose homes that wanted to help because I knew that if i didn 't lose my home i 'd want to know what to give i 'd want to know what to help right. how can how can I help uh, so I just thought i 'm going to send a loving letter out there in the, the internet and just let people know how they can really really help um, all of us uh, because it it was I knew i wasn 't the only one feeling weird receiving. Right. And, um, and in every time, and, and I think I've shared this with you, I, I hard cried twice. I hard cry, cried from my, the depths of my soul, from my toes on up on the plane. And then the second time was the third time I sifted through the ashes. It just got to me, and I let it go. You know, I, I had friends helping me sift through the ashes, and I just saw too many things that meant something that are gone, you know. Mm. And at that point, I just... I thought, okay, it feels good to cry. It feels good to get out. But I'll tell you, this community is special. Every single day I cried again and I cried and cried and cried, but, but all those all those tears were happy tears because I was loved, happy mm-hmm. tears because somebody sent me an album from our college days in the uh-huh. mail. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, somebody um, sent me a gift card for all my art supplies because they knew that I needed to paint, you know? Yeah. Um, my friend Jen Jacobson, she did that, and and I thought, oh, I'm going to paint her something spectacular. Um, but, but every day I cried like that. Like, oh my gosh, they really love me. They love to give and they love my family. And every day I cried happy tears. So I would say probably 998 times I cried happy tears or more and two times ugly tears. And the happy far outweighs the ugly. Uh, and just, just understand if somebody's going through something that, that they need to learn to receive and that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. But they also, they're going to cry. And, and I'm crying now because a, a year later, um, I'm thinking of all the people that touched me in, in the most beautiful ways and how this community loves everybody. Uh, just strangers it doesn't matter they would hug me isn't that beautiful and every firefighter I saw I'd hug and they're <laughs> like why are you hugging me you lost your home and I'm all I I love you
0: because I love you <laughs> <laughs> that's just so it's joyful it's yeah, wonderful it's so one joyful. of the one of the things I like to do when I give cause I, I love to do that too when I find out somebody's terminally ill or somebody's you mm-hmm. know lost their home or whatever it's it's really neat to come up with something that will help them and one of the things I like to do is put a note on there that says, the last part of this gift is please don't write a thank you note. Oh, because you that. know, you feel such pressure to, to do the right thing and say, thank you and send a note and let them know how much this touched you. But it's also a great gift to say, just receive this and there's nothing you need to do. There's no strings attached to this. Yeah. I love it, that. It's another section of freedom. Um, one thing that's kind of cool that I like to do to give, if you're looking for someone to help, I when I make something like spaghetti sauce or some homemade soup, especially things from my garden, I like to make extra and then freeze them flat in like a gallon. Like for your family, you have four plus four in exchange, five in your family at home, and then you have an adult daughter that's not at home. I would have made a big, huge quart size thing of spaghetti sauce for you, or gallon size and froze it flat, put the date on it, put what it is, patty spaghetti sauce, or soup, or something that you can stack up in the freezer really easy. So on those really emotionally overwhelming days, you can pull out something homemade that someone who loves you gave you.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And that's a fun thing to do for someone so they know that they've got a really healthy homemade meal in the freezer. Yeah. And can be kept for a year if they need it. And that makes you feel good, and yeah. So you great. had to learn how to receive. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. So what other emotional things did you have to Well, well, there's just understanding that time was crunched
1: before, but now time is extremely crunched. It's like super pressure crunched Uh, and the guilt that goes with that, like um, people inviting me to their house or inviting me to a party and I just don't have it in me to go. I I don't have time. I've got so much on my mind and I didn't want to them to think I was antisocial because I've always been one to be at all the parties that I got invited to and Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm not and and I felt kind of isolated but yet guilt and guilty so that was tough and then the other things emotionally were the slow burns you know the the you're sitting there minding your own business walking and then all of a sudden you realize Wait, last year we put on a fifty year roof. That uh-huh. roof was fifty thousand dollars. That was bad. Why did we put
0: on that roof? You Why know? didn't we procrastinate? <laughs> yeah. And you put solar on your house too. Yeah,
1: solar. Oh boy, was that really worth it? I don't know. It's just the slow burns, you know. Well it
0: doesn't really increase the value of your house when it goes for insurance reimbursement. No. No, because, because the insurance counts on you having a good roof. Yes. And when your house burns down, was it an end of a roof or the beginning yeah. of a new one? Yeah. And then uh-huh. my
1: husband going, oh, that was a well-spent, you know, roof. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we could have gone one more year with that old roof. Uh-huh. And then just – and then the slow burns too, like you'll be – we were watching soccer the other day, and Megan Rapino just kicked some booty, and we were so proud. We were so excited. And, and I'm like, oh, the signed balls that, that Melanie Jackson gave us, oh, those are gone the signed balls it, sound, it, signed soccer ball yeah yeah mm. for the boys and Levi and Tracen were just I, I said oh my gosh you guys I'm so sorry about the, the we didn't think about the balls and and um, they're like mom that's okay it's okay but those kind of things are the slow burns you know the the oh my baby book oh my journals oh the, the their little feet uh their little shoes um Jory's mom's ashes, my mom's ashes were still in the house. Our, mm-hmm. our pet's ashes were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, these little things that hit you later, mm-hmm. that they that,
0: slowly creep
1: up on yeah, you. Yeah. And I love that
0: term, the slow burn. Yeah. It's perfect.
1: Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. But, and people tell me that happens for years to come, that you're going to get thousands of little slow burns. Um, yeah. That's but, true. But it's okay. If you know they're coming, maybe they're not so bad. Well,
0: and it's that thing that I talk about that you just hold it when I say you hold the dog poop, Snowburn <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> burn comes, you hold it in your hands and you just breathe and cry and you grieve over it until you feel like you're done. Yeah. And then you set it aside. So some things you replace, some things you don't need to. Mm-mm. And I think a, a lesson you're talking about here is you don't have to replace everything. It, it remains in your heart. Right. So you can move forward from here. Right. Any, any other part of this lesson that you want to talk about i know you've had some ptsd you had a fire alarm go off in the hotel when you were Ugh. taking your eldest son back for college yeah 32nd floor yeah we were on the 32nd floor and some yahoo pulled the fire alarm so
1: you know big intercom get out right away there's a fire get out you know and go down the stairwell do not put shoes on go You know, we were just like going down this 30 32 floors in a stairwell with hundreds of other people sobbing sobbing yeah well the boys were not sobbing but I was just scared my knees were shaking I I thought I was going to fall down the stairs I was so scared
0: too much fire yeah too much too much yeah too much and you know you don't have much coping space in your bottle and what happens is you end up stressed out because you don't have any room for a fire alarm to be pulled Mm -mm. you're just full I was full yeah. yeah. So that's a, a bit of a PTSD response and a trauma response, which is to be expected. And part of the slow burn. Yeah. I think it comes up on you later.
1: And today, you know, our house was lost at 3 in the morning on a year ago today, and I opened the door to go run with my dogs, and that smell of the fire settling
0: in oh, hit smoke. me. I I woke up this morning and saw fire outside, and I immediately got on the Reading Fire yeah, Facebook so site. <laughs> yeah, so did we. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. and my no. house didn't burn down i was yeah. fortunate that that fire tornado i've got video of it coming over the hill oh. and you can hear all this popping and screaming of uh, propane tanks blowing up and digger pines growing up and uh, oh. Oh, it's just amazingly horrendous and so i have that video and the, the fire tornado turned about a mile away from our house and went a different direction and burned a whole other bunch of people's houses which it's sad at the same time you feel blessed that it turned it's a weird double whammy to feel blessed that your house didn't get burned down but know that other people's did
1: right and i said Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends said they have survivor guilt like they feel bad talking about their house and their problems and i said don't don't i'm I'm so happy that you know one more house wasn't gone stop so yeah it's
0: hard and you know one piece of advice we should throw out here because we don't want to forget is do not empty your garage of all your junk to give to somebody who lost their house. Oh, right, right, right. That right, happened yeah. to some people. They got somebody's old beat up pots and pans yeah. and they, you know, brought over their their worn clothes and things like that. And and that's while you're trying to think kindly and helpfully, they they don't need more stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's more it's kind of
1: depressing. Um, to yeah. to sift through bags of people's stuff. Um, the I, I think the, go best, to the thrift
0: store. Yeah. yeah,
1: the best things that people gave to us was um their love first of all, but their you know um gift cards and stuff so we could go buy something new. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, the food gift cards, the food itself. And we moved into the new neighbor, uh, neighborhood and some, a nice neighbor across the street gave us gardens from our vegetables and little cherry tomatoes. Vegetables and, from our garden. Yeah. <laughs> garden and,
0: and it said, <laughs> welcome to the neighborhood. And, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Those little things. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, you know, you are an incredible story of perseverance and strength and a beautiful heart. Thank and you. the fact that you can share so openly and wonderfully about what you've been through is a lesson for all of us. So I want to thank you for being here today to help further the healing and recovery from the car fire here in Reading and to just know how many people in Reading love you and your family. Oh thank you, Patty. And we I feel love it. And I love you and your family. I <laughs> you love you awesome. I love you and yours. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell today, listening about the car fire. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and I'm just trying to heal the world (laughs) one hour at a time. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Redding by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Welcome back to Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to us talk about the car fire here in Redding, California. My special guest, Julie Kaplan, who lost her family's house in the fire and is telling us some secrets and some sharing some <laughs> vulnerabilities and just letting us know what it was like so uh Julie keep going teach us things you were you were saying you've learned so much about how to evacuate how to <laughs> things you didn't even begin to think of before right so oh, yeah so hindsight, you, you right <laughs> well you weren't even home that's no. what was hard you you were doing this all by telephone from far away with only your husband home
1: right and and Everybody who knows us well knows we're not the most organized people in the world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, not by any stretch, but uh we did have, you know, I had a little a corner in, in a room where all the photos were, except for over 20 years, all the photos just sort of scattered, you know, mm-hmm. so, and the albums were all in one spot, but some of the albums I put in a special spot. So I always assumed that I would be there if the big day ever came. So that was my first mistake because I wasn't there. And so... When you're on the phone trying to tell somebody where you put stuff and, and they're frazzled and they can't, you know. They can't even focus. Th- yeah. And they, let alone listen to verbal instructions of where the baby book is. Right. Uh, so that didn't, it, we got a lot of stuff, you know, all the stuff that I was organized about it was mm-hmm. saved, but there was a lot of stuff that only I knew where it was. And that was vitally important things that I, I wish I could turn back time and, and be more organized. But I always assumed I'd be there. So I knew where it was. I would have grabbed it. But, but my poor husband has no idea where my brain put these things. So
0: yeah, I, so the, his baby book, your baby yeah. book, mm. uh,
1: his mom's scrapbook and mm-hmm. pictures of her first husband who died and, and her husband, my, my husband's, um, my, my husband's dad, mm-hmm. uh, We're all in a special spot that I couldn't describe to them where they were. So things that couldn't
0: be replaced. Right. So, and it speaks to the idea, if you have an irreplaceable family heirloom like that, taking pictures with your cell phone and saving them to the cloud or putting them on a thumb drive and putting them somewhere other than that same location, Mm -hmm. like down at your office or something like that. So your thumb drive of special photos is in a different place. Right, and save them digitally on the cloud if you can. Yeah. Um. But
1: also, I think, be more organized. I, going forward, we're going to have a list, a written list, of this is where all the important things are. Mm-hmm. And then you just go down the checklist. Mm-hmm. Um. We have friends, Jennifer. My friend Jennifer is very much like that. She showed me her list, and I was like, wow. <laughs> You're so
0: organized. I want to put You and luck. I grew up, right? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> well, totally. We, before we evacuated, we took I took my phone and I did video in every single room and I threw open every door, every cabinet door and took videos um, thinking, okay, I know there's stuff in here like my grandma's China, you know, things like that. And so I could have pictures of all of it because we couldn't, we didn't have time to get everything out. So and i was i thought was amazing was you shared with me somebody did that for you yeah my brother house, and mm-hmm. you have never looked at the video. nope how come nope.
1: well first of all um he started showing me the video when we were um, at my sister's house in corning and i said ray too soon too soon don't i'm, I'm not ready you know because mm-hmm. i i didn't want to cry again and uh and then he goes okay sis okay and i don't even know what he did with him but uh and then when we found out that our insurance policy just was a receipt-based, um, that we had the choice to, to send in receipts, to me and to Jory, 20 years of marriage, 20 years of stuff, you know, little children's baby shoes, mm-hmm. um, all these things that just would have just broken us to even think about, we just said, let's go with the receipts. So we never had to look at it. And to this day, we haven't looked at that video. So um, I, I still don't feel like I'm ready, honestly.
0: Or that you necessarily have to in order to recover.
1: Right, yeah. It's yeah. in my heart. that Those baby right. shoes are in my heart. And,
0: and so it's there if, if you have to prove something or need something, but you don't have to look at it. And that's mm-hmm. a really good point because there are people, like in my 30-something years of private practice, I know people that if it's there, they can't help but look at it. So what you're saying is it's okay not to look at it, right? But take it. Why not? You yeah. know,
1: you can't turn back time, but but you can choose later if you want to look yes, at it.
0: You can choose not to have it if you don't need it. Yeah. Um, give us a couple other good things that if you're trying to evacuate, what what helps? What- so uh, somebody somebody from the Tubbs fire told me that, and I wish I would have
1: heard this first, but told me that they put their china in the swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And, oh, that would have been great.
0: (laughs) Your wedding, china you said you lost that.
1: Yeah, that would have been nice. And just glasses, special glasses. Even, you know, we saved a Sammy Hagar Cabo Wabo uh, tequila that we got when we got engaged. Uh, And that was, you know, 20 years ago. And and so we were going to open it on our anniversary, our 20-year anniversary. And why didn't we just throw it in the pool, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Not throw it in the pool. Well, you know, yeah. it gently in the shallow end, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I never, that never occurred to me anyway. I know. You know, know, if you have something really special that the water's not going to kill. Yeah. And glass is fine in the water. Yeah. yeah. It would have lived. Now, when we came home, our, our house did not burn down, but our pool was yeah, exactly like not. a swamp yeah it took cleaning out the pool filters i think six times before yeah. the pool finally started running clean
1: it was gross it is and and then not only that but there's apparently people tell me that rodents and stuff run from a fire and run into your pool so there's probably dead rodents and stuff in there mm-hmm. um i
0: never asked the pool guy i yeah. i don't want to know <laughs> yeah i didn't ask the person that cleaned out the pool either so <laughs> gross yeah right. yeah um the depth of the moving on, moving, moving on. on yeah. <laughs> okay, so the pool's a good idea. Um, making sure everything's organized, having a checklist, and I think a checklist is super important mm-hmm. because. Like even in our RV, we have a checklist because it's not so much that you don't know how to do it. It's if you're in a hurry, if someone's sick, if someone's right. injured, you need to go down that checklist and not forget to do something important. That's right.
1: So and digital, even you don't even need it, in, you know, written out, you know, sitting there, you can have it on your phone.
0: Yeah, you can, and that, in fact, written out, taped to the inside of a cabinet, and on your phone. Yeah, would be great because oh, mm-hmm. your phone not, might not be charged. All right. right so, and,
1: and the other thing that I, I i wish i would you know go back is if it's on the wall it's important you know we we don't put anything on the wall that we that don't that doesn't mean anything to us so uh, if you're a friend and you're going through and evacuating somebody else's house because maybe they're not home too Mm -hmm. my advice would be you know try to find the photos and but definitely don't leave their walls with anything on them
0: great and sometimes you have hours so and that speaks to it too you said that um you kind of knew there was a problem and Joy kind of piddled around all day until it was imminent yeah. and then went into tornado mode to try and get it right. done. Mm-hmm. So maybe go ahead and allow yourself to pack things up and know that you're going to have to put them all away when the house doesn't burn down. You can do that joyfully. Right, right. right. <laughs> or you can whine about it. I have to yeah. put this stuff away. Right. All right. So don't waste any time that you're given is another important clue. Yeah. So you said something really interesting. You were talking about people calling to help and you never knew what to tell them um what are some other things that people can do to help we we gave a couple ideas earlier
1: well to us the love was huge um reaching out was huge even if we didn't respond right away Mm -hmm. but um uh, when people just dropped off gift cards or a little basket of fruit or something um that was helpful but when we were all displaced and we knew it was gone um some people were doing cash app um, type of gifts to us so we could just go down to Costco and mm-hmm. and just buy stuff, get some clothes. Because poor Jory, he didn't even grab any clothes. He just literally
0: had the clothes off his back. The story I love the most is <laughs> Jory forgot to grab his wedding ring off the nightstand. Yeah. And but he, his wedding ring burned up and then later when you were going through all the ashes you found his wedding ring
1: well even better i didn't find it my neighbor tamra found it oh that's great. she said jules i want to go sift i want to go find it and i go tamra we've been sifting for two days i don't good luck but if you want to and um so she texted me a picture she goes is this it and it was it and, <laughs> and uh All the gold had melted, uh, but the platinum didn't melt. Mm -hmm. So there's this beautiful platinum in the exact shape of Jory's ring, and I just cried with tears of joy. I couldn't believe she found it. And she's our next-door neighbor, and her Mm -hmm. house was gone too. So for her to go through – she sifted through her own ashes, and yeah. then she goes over and sifts through ours. I just love her so much. And that's wonderful. Yeah, but the diamonds were cloudy now, and so it makes it even more cool. Yeah. you well, know. Now like, you
0: can really say that your marriage has been through fire. <laughs> yeah, we've survived. Have risen from the ashes <laughs> and survived. Yeah, we love it. It's um, great, great. That's incredible. So sifting through the ashes is something that you can do, and, and you'll find some stuff intact, weird stuff intact, mm-hmm. and then some stuff It'll just be heartbreaking when you figure out that's the remnant of something. Yeah, that
1: was yeah, that was that's pretty hard. nuts. Yeah.
0: You know, I had I had a client that lost her house in the Jones fire a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and she, at first, we were dealing with a lot of grief and loss while she was in therapy, and then she had this epiphany that she felt incredibly free. She was freed from stuff and freed from. You know the way she put it was all the junk in the garage and the linen closets, and she hadn't thrown stuff away in years. And yeah. so she did mourn some very important things, but she said mostly she was free. And she would would talk about plans for doing it differently in her when she replaced things and built yeah. and did a new house. What do you guys have plans to do anything differently?
1: yeah we have plans um <laughs> like just that.
0: I, it's hard to change personalities
1: you know mm-hmm. um but like my son the first thing you know when we when we told him about the fire he goes mom you totally solved our clutter problem <laughs> <laughs> That's great and patty yeah i know right so Trayson was just is using humor and, and good you know mm-hmm. spirits but um, but if you walked in my house today, uh, you'll see clutter. So oh. that's why I'm laughing about our personalities. So we're, we're kind of clutter bugs. Uh, so I, I'd love to be different. Um, but we have a garage we can park in now. And before we had a garage filled with Jory's mom's, uh, stuff when she went into assisted living. So, so now we don't have that. And it did feel good. So I know what your client was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It feels I've, good to get,
0: oh. Yeah. yeah. Getting rid of stuff is a challenge for everybody, I think. Except for my oldest daughter, she could throw away... Her child, if she's not careful. <laughs> Tara, Tara's so good at getting rid of clutter. She's like she should give lessons. In My she's sister awesome. is too. I admire that in people. I do too. It's really it's an art. It is absolutely an art. Mm-hmm. All right, so Julie's given us a whole bunch of things to think about, and I think one of the best things is make up a typed list on your phone and maybe print it out and put it on the inside of a cabinet of all the things you need to get in an evacuation and where they are located in the house. Okay, so. When we come back for the last segment of the show, Julie's going to share with you some of her emotional journey through all this and some of the things she's learned, and it is an incredibly beautiful story. So we're going to go to break, and we'll be back in a minute.